All right, I'm coming. You just go, Brother Randy, you don't see me, you're just going to have to sing it again. Just sing it again, brother, sing it again. Oh, mercy. Brother Tim does that all the time in the morning. He's like, where's he at? Oh, mercy, I'm always... <laughs> right, I hear you. I hear you. Oh, mercy. Romans chapter 5 tonight. Romans chapter number 5. Do have, um, right after the service tonight, a, a, a quick... Um, uh, missions committee meeting, uh, just a couple things that um, want to run by the missions committee, and um, uh, we'll be uh, we'll try to be quick uh, after the services um, uh, this uh, tonight. Uh, this morning, uh, I was going to do an extension. You know how I do. So usually I preach uh, Sunday morning, and then I never, I've never finished a sermon, and so I always. Try to finish the sermon Sunday night, and then if I don't finish that, probably most of you don't even know that I do it the next Sunday, and then sometimes the next Sunday, and keep going. And uh, I had somebody say to me, I had uh, a person comment, um, actually, they didn't comment to me, they commented to somebody else that commented to me, and said, um, you know, it seems like we're, we're preaching a lot of uh, negative stuff. I said, come on. I said, that's, that's ridiculous. And I went back through my sermons and thought, well, I've been preaching on a lot of negative stuff. <laughs> and um, so I thought to myself, tonight, um, I want to preach on the love of God. So I always talk about, you know, I always talk about, all oh, churches always want to preach on the love of God. And I feel like I don't ever preach on the love of God. And so um, uh, I want to I just touch on that in Romans chapter 5. Just give you a couple thoughts on it and, um, and realize uh, sometimes we have to realize um, as, as, uh, as believers that there's a lot of negative in this world. There really is. And um, if we're not careful... We'll focus on that negative, and um, and you you'll never. I want you to I want you to understand this. You'll never solve all the negative. It ju- it just isn't going to happen. Uh, the devil's on uh, the move. He's on attack, and um, and there's wickedness in our world, and uh, sin is run rampant. Man is doing that which is right in their own eyes, and we see it all around us. And um, some of you are going, yeah, here we go again, crying off on negative. I'm only just making a statement, okay? And, um, but, you know, and sometimes we forget. So this is what we do. Do you ever do this? Maybe you don't do it. But a lot of people I've met do this. So this is the negative. This is the positive. And so often... We're over here because the, because you 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 heard the you heard the statement. How does it go? The uh, the squeaky wheel gets the oil. You ever you ever heard that um, statement before? And boy, you you begin to focus on this and you forget all of this. Yeah, I'll, t- I'll I'll say this because I know guy won't mind. But I was here early a little bit today, and I come back here and I and I and I talked to went back there and I talked to guy. And I did that intentionally. You know why? Because I don't ever get to talk to a guy. There's some people that I, I, I'm so focused on solving this problem and solving that problem and solving this situation that all this other <laughs> gets left undone and gets left uh, to the wayside. And so uh, if, um, if, if you're that over here, I don't mean to. 
It's just everything pulls you this way. So you know what we need to be reminded of? The love of God. That's what we need to be reminded of. We need to remind ourselves that no matter what, we have the love of God in our lives. And Romans chapter 5, and we're going to look at quite a few verses tonight. Romans chapter number 5 is where I want to start. Uh, I want to read to you just a few verses. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 5. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time, Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will one die. Yet peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But look what God would do. Look what God did. But God commendeth his love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You know, when we think about the love of God, how could you not? That word commendeth, God commendeth his love. It means that he did more than speak it. You see, I think sometimes in our lives today, we throw around that word love very loosely. And, um, and, and I want you to know, when it comes to God, God not only speaks love, but that word commendeth means He demonstrates His love. So He didn't just say, I love you. He showed us that He loves us. You see, you've heard the preacher say, you've heard uh, the... T- uh, a teacher say before, how much, did God, how much does God love us? And he loves us so much that he spread his arms and died upon the cross. You see, because God knew that we were ungodly. God knew that we were without hope. And so, what did he do? He didn't just say, listen... I created those people, so I love those people. He said, I created those people, and I love those people, and I'm going to do something about repairing the relationship that they broke. It wasn't my fault, it's God saying. It was their fault. You see, it's not God's fault that people perish and die and go to hell. That's not God's fault. God provided a way. In His love, He demonstrated, He showed how much He loves us by dying for us upon the cross. You see, we talk about love. We talk about how much we love so-and-so. We talk about how much we love our kids and how much we love our spouse and how much we love our friends. But are we demonstrating it? Are we showing the love that God has loved us with? I love my wife so dearly, but I'll never help her with the dishes. 
I love my husband so much, but I'll never help him with. But wait a minute. Our love, if we're loving like God loves, is a demonstrated love, not just a spoken love. So God sheds His love abroad in our hearts and ought to be evident. Think about these four things when it comes to the love of God. Number one, the gift of God's love. The gift of God's love. You probably don't need to turn there, but over in the book of John, you ever heard of the third chapter of the book of John? You ever heard of a verse called 16? John 3, 16. For God so loved the world. Now let's get something straight. The Bible isn't talking about this sphere that we're spinning on. God's talking about people. For God so loved people. For God so loved the world. Now watch out. God's love is for people. It's for mankind as a whole. I don't know where we got the idea that God loves us more than He loves other people. Now, sometimes I feel like that. Do you feel like that sometimes? Well, God, I mean, God loves me more than He loves anybody else. He loves me. You remember Andrew Stringer? Anybody ever? He's been here at our church, and he used to travel with a group. He's in heaven now, but he used to come here, and he'd play the piano and sing. Well, when I was in school, he was traveling uh, for the school in a group, a small group, and they would travel and they'd sing. And, and the song leader, the, the person that led the music at Trinity and also taught song leading, would say, do you, do you see how Andrew plays the piano? And everybody said, oh, yeah. He said, don't ever do that because you can't do that. He'd hit those keys. I mean, he'd hit those ivories, and he wouldn't. I mean, one hand be in the air, and he'd be flinging them down this way and flinging them down that way. His fingers just knew where to where to hit. And he'd sing that song. Oh my goodness, I can just hear it in my it echoing in my ears. He loved me like I was his only child. Sometimes I feel that way. Do you feel that way? But listen to me. God doesn't love you more than He loves the people overseas. He doesn't love you more than he loves the people that are in prison. Sometimes it's hard for us to comprehend that God loves us all. God loved us all, and we are all wicked and ungodly. That's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus died. He he died, and he gave himself as a gift for God so loved the world that he did what? He gave. He gave. You see, let me tell you what a gift is. A gift is something that if I was going to give something to Brother Blake, and I was going to gift Brother Blake the celebration hymnal. It's for you, brother. And I was going to give him this book. This gift would be for him with no attachments. I'm not giving him this hymnal hoping that he's going to give me his Bible. Or I'm not giving him this hymnal in hopes that he's going to give me money. I'm not giving him this hymnal in hopes of getting anything back. Because then it's no longer a gift. It's just an exchange. And so when God gave, he gave 
with no intentions of getting anything back. He gave knowing that we couldn't give anything back. That's a gift. God's gift to us. He gave His only begotten Son so that we might be saved. So that our relationship with God might be repaired. See, our relationship with God, if you didn't know, is broken. Sin broke that relationship. Take it all the way back to Genesis. Right? When Adam and Eve sinned, when Adam and Eve disobeyed God, and they were kicked out of the garden, and they were separated, can you imagine? Can you imagine waking up during the day? I guess they slept. I don't know. The Bible doesn't say that they did. I, I just know that they were, they were naked. Do you, know how much, do you know how much that bothers people? <gasps> they were naked. It's because of, of where we are now and in our wickedness and in our sin. This was absolute righteousness, absolute purity, absolute perfection. And they'd get up and, and in, the, in the cool of the day, they'd walk with God. My mind is blown. I'm talking about, now, now, now we, I hope you walk with God. I hope you do. I hope you get up in the morning, and I hope you walk with God. I hope you get in your Bible. I hope you do your devotions. I hope you walk with God every day. But I'm talking about, he came down and physically walked with Adam and Eve in the cool of the garden. And they sinned. And because of their sin, the entire human race was plunged into sin. And we were separated from God. And there was a great gulf fixed. And there was no way. There was no way for us to get from here to here. So what did Jesus do? In the love of God, Jesus came and he became that bridge between that great gulf fixed. And now, through a relationship with Jesus Christ, we can now be reconciled back to God. And that reconciliation is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So now, when God sees you, don't tap yourself on the back. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus in you. And you, that is in your flesh, Paul said, dwelleth no good thing. It's all about Christ. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Him. And it's all about the love of God. Because the love of God is a gift. A gift that has been given. But it's not only been given to you, it's been given to anybody and everybody that has ever been born and that ever will be born. Because Jesus didn't die just for the elect. Jesus died for every man. And he would that none should perish, but that all should come to repentance. And I say this every time I say that, because I want to make it clear, that doesn't mean everybody's going to be saved. That just means everybody has the opportunity to be saved. That means everybody has uh, uh, the the, uh, uh, understanding that Jesus paid the way. And if Jesus paid the way, then you get to choose because of the love of God. Because of the love of God. Love of God is a gift. You see, love is more than an emotion. Let me tell you something about emotions. They stink. 
I mean, they're terrible. You ever, you ever watch something on TV? And, 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 and I, I tell you, Hallmark movies, I mean, a commercial, anything. I mean, when do you cry over any, uh, any of those things? I mean, just, and I'm thinking about, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, what are you crying about? I mean, they'll, got an emotional song will come on and they'll sing this song. And boy, we were up at the um, final concert for Emma and, and uh, it was their last concert and the ERM was not going to be anymore. And I mean, everybody was bawling. I mean, crying. Faces were swollen. I looked to my left. That person's crying. I looked to my right. That person's crying. Two, two people up. A guy's about in the fetal position, and he's crying. Grown man. And I'm thinking to myself, holy smokes. What in the world? I think I was the only person in the whole place that wasn't crying. And I mean, I'm even trying. <laughs> you know, I'm just not an emotional person, right? They're just not an emotional person. It was an emotional time. There are things in life that are emotional, right? I mean, things that'll, that'll, that'll take. But I'm telling you, your emotions are up and down. One minute you're, you're crying and you're sad. Next minute you're mad. The next minute you're happy. And they're all over the place. Now, God bless you if your hormones are out of place. I mean, then they're really gone. What are you crying about? Oh, no. Yeah, I know. Up and down are our emotions. Love is more than an emotion. Love is an action. That's what love is. You see, I told my wife almost 27 years ago at the the altar that I loved her, and I choose to still love her today. We have things uh, up on our wall, this, this this big plaque. It's right over our bed. Uh, right on our wall that it says, uh, I don't know exactly how it worded, but it says, I choose you today, and I'll choose you tomorrow, and I'll choose you each day. I'll cho-. You know why? Because love is a choice. It's an action. It's more than just a word. It's more than just an emotion or a feeling. It's an action, and God loved us with that love. Have you ever seen, the, you ever seen that word Agape. It's a powerful love. It's a love that God loves us with. And God said, I'll demonstrate. I will show you. I will commend my love towards you. Watch this. That's the kind of love that we have. That's the kind of love that's a gift. It's a gift from God. The gift of God's love. Number two, not only the gift of God's love, but the grip of God's love. The grip of God's love. Go to Romans chapter 8. If you're already in Romans 5, just go a couple pages over. Romans chapter 8, verse number 35. Romans chapter 8, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for thy sake, we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay! In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. Look what Paul says, for I am persuaded, convinced, you couldn't talk me out of it. I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, 
nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can separate us from that love. You know why? Because God's love has the ultimate grip. Do you know there's really two reasons I believe in eternal security? What is eternal security? Eternal security is, means once you're saved, you're always saved. Eternal security means once you trust Jesus Christ as your Savior, you can't lose that. Okay, It's the, it's the gift from God. I believe that for two reasons. One, because the Bible says so. 1 John chapter 5, verse 13 says that we can know, that we know, that we know that we have eternal life. We don't have to guess. We don't have to hope. We don't have to wonder. We don't have to carry around a lucky rabbit's foot. We can know for sure, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that we're saved. You know how, you know the other way I know? It's because of the grip of God's love in our lives. God holds on. God doesn't let go. We let go too easy, don't we? If we're slighted, we let go. If we're hurt, we let go. If we just don't feel like it, we let go. They joke, and it's not a joke, but they joke about it in, 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 uh, in, in Las Vegas. In Las Vegas, you can drive down the strip. You can, you can pull in. You can drive through and get married. You don't even have to get out your car. You do a drive-through, drive-through and get married, and go right across the street and drive-through and get a divorce. On the same street. You know why? Convenience. Don't work, no problem. This relationship don't work, no problem. This marriage don't work, no problem. This friendship don't work, no problem. And we, we, ha- we might have a grip, but we have a loose grip. Have you noticed this? Maybe some of you haven't. But I, I notice this. The older I get, the weaker my, my grip gets. You know, they, they make those things that you can squeeze that have uh, strength, in your, strength in your grip. They hurt my hand, so I don't do it. Uh, I used to be able to hold on to things a lot easier than I do. When, I, when Forrest was here, um, we are always looking at knives, and for some reason, I, mean, I collect knives, and I, we, I have the worst luck with knives. But anyways, uh, but I, I got this knife. It was awesome. Matter of fact, it was a pocket knife style. You know, you, you, got a, you got a little pocket knife that you put in your pocket, but it opens up like this, right? Well, this was a pocket knife style, but that puppy was about that big. It was about that thick. I still have it in my, in my collection. I was showing force. I said, man, let me, t- let me show you what I got. This thing is awesome. I popped that thing open. He said, good gravy, that knife is huge. And I got this knife, and I'm holding this knife like this. And I, I said, man, I tell you, I mean, the blade's about that long on it. The rest of it's about that long. And it's obviously you never, I mean, maybe if you were Goliath, you'd carry it in your pocket. But, I mean, this is a huge knife. And I'm showing him this knife, and I'm turning it this way, and this beautiful handle on it. And I'm, I'm showing him all these things, and it slipped out of my hand. Well, what do you, what do, you do when something falls? i tell you something. It, and I still got the scars ripped right down my hand, right down there. Nice and sharp. It was a nice and sharp knife. I mean, I just, I felt like I had a good grip on it, 
but it slipped right through my hands. You ever experienced that? You ever experienced that physically? You ever experienced that emotionally or, 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 or spiritually, financially? You really feel like you have a good grip on something, but then it slips through your hands? Because our grip is nowhere near as strong as God's grip. Nothing's going to slip through God's hand. Why? Because God's got a good grip upon your life. Do you know why I don't have to worry? Do you know why I don't have to be afraid? You know, God says, be careful for nothing. You know what that means? It means torn apart. Don't be worried. That's what it means. That we worry, 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 worry. Be careful for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, right? And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding. Listen, God doesn't want us to worry. He doesn't want us to be afraid. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God doesn't want, to, want us to have those things in our lives. And you know why? You know why we have those things? You know why we have worry and fear? Let me just be plain with you. We have worry and fear because we don't believe God's got it. God's telling us, listen, I got this. And we're afraid and we're worried because we don't believe that God really has it. But let me tell you something. God's strength, God's grip is far stronger than yours and mine. And if God says he's got it, guess what? You don't have to be afraid. If God says he's got it, guess what? You don't have to worry. Have you figured this out in life? I was just talking to somebody about this. We were discussing some, uh, some issues and some things that come up and something didn't work quite the way they thought it should work out. And I said this. I figured this out in life. If something doesn't go the way you planned, if you're living right and living for God, God always has something better. Because sometimes God says no in the most unusual ways. You ever notice that? Sometimes I wish God would just sit, sit me down and say, all right, son, um, I love you, but the answer is no. Sometimes he doesn't. Sometimes he brings some unfortunate things in our lives because we don't sometimes like the answer no. And sometimes we push it. When God closes a door, he's not, not, not expecting you to grab a crowbar and, and pry the door open. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, but the stops of a good man are also ordered by the Lord. And sometimes God says, that's it. Hold on. What you can't see, this is what God says, what you can't see is that I got something better for you. And if you say yes to this, and if this circumstance happens, well, then this circumstance can't happen. You know what God's saying? I got this. I got this. Because it's the grip of God's love. God's got a hold of your life. He's got a hold of my life, and we can trust Him. The gift of God's love. The grip of God's love. The giving of God's love. Go all the way to the back of the Bible, to the book of 1 John. 1 John chapter number 4. The great love of God chapter, 1 John chapter 4, look with me in verse number 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. Verse 10, here in his love. Not that we loved God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation 
for our sins. Beloved, verse number 11, if God loved us, we are also to love one another. So when we talk about the love of God, and we talk about enjoying the love of God, the Bible says we ought to take that love and, and, and that, that gift and the grip of God's love and give it to other people. Brother Scott shared with me last night that Trey ended up having to go, Trey Gordy, he ended up having to go early to college because he's on the football team and he got a football scholarship to Point, uh, a Christian school <clears throat> there um, over uh, by Alabama. Alabama, what is it, Alabama, Alabama line? It's on the Alabama line, yeah. And... Um, and so he's he's there at, at camp and he or at football uh, football camp they call it and uh, and and he's not started school yet. Well, the football coach asked Trey to speak to the football players. He said, "Keep it short." Well, Trey has a little trouble keeping things short anymore. But anyways, he asked to to, to speak to the to the to the football players, and he did. And he spoke to the football players about the love of God and about salvation and all these things. And um, one of the kids later came to Trey, and Trey ended up getting to lead him to the Lord. Thinking to myself, as soon as Scott sent me that, of course, Scott was excited about it. His parents were excited about it. And, uh, and I sent a thing right over to Trey. As soon as, soon as I got it, I sent a, sent a message to Trey. I said, Look, I said, I know you're busy, bud. Don't worry about texting me back. I just want to let you know that I'm proud of you. And as long as you continue to be willing to be used, God will give you opportunity. And let me tell you what he's done. Every chance he's got, he's bold now. It's, that's something for a young person. I don't care if it's a Christian college or not. It's something for a young person to be that bold. And he's bold. You know what he's bold about? The love of God. And God has loved him. And so let me tell you something. He wants everybody else to know about that love. What an exciting thing it is for a young person, exciting thing for anybody, but especially a young person sharing the love of God. That's what we should be doing. We should be sharing the love of God, not only through words, but through actions, showing people the love of God. Not, not so that we can get a pat on the back, not that we can get an attaboy, but that we can show, listen, God did this for me. I want to do it for other people. God has loved me. I want to love other people. And by the way, let me just give you a biblical truth, a biblical principle. If you say you love God and you hate your brother, you're a liar. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. Now, I didn't say you have to like everybody. I know that sounds weird. You don't have to go over and have lunch or dinner or any of those kind of things. But I'm going to tell you something. If we're holding grudges in our heart, and I'm going to tell you, it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing not to. But you know what we got to do? we got to let go and let God. Now, we can't do anybody else's part. We can only do our part. What is our part? Our part is sharing 
the love of God. I figured this out. You've heard me say it a million times. You'll hear me say it a million times more. Because I have to remind myself this all the time. Hurt people hurt people. It's a fact every single time. And so what do you got to do? Listen, you got two choices. You can either hurt back or you can show the love of God. You know, God had every reason to send every single one of us to hell. I hope you understand that. There's nobody on the face of this earth that deserves the love of God. We don't deserve that. We deserve hell. We deserve to die and spend eternity there. But while we were yet sinners, right? While we were still in our sin, God loved us. God gave himself for us. God, that, listen to me. That's the love of God. That's the love of God that we are not only gifted with and gripped with, but that's the love of God that we should be giving to other people. Especially those of the household of faith. I mean, good gravy, church! How in the world are you going to love people that are in the world if you can't love your brother and sister in Christ? How in the world? You're never going to be able to do it. How are you going to love that boss that absolutely despises you? He just doesn't like you. There's no good reason. He just doesn't. How are you going to, how are you going to deal with that person that, that you go into the store and this person just has something against you? I, I, maybe it's the way your eyebrow is. I don't know. People are fickle. And sometimes they just don't like you because they don't want to like you. How are you going to love them if you can't love the people that you go to church with? If you can't love the people that are of the household of faith? How in the world are you going to love somebody else's kids if you can't love your own kids? Understand that concept? You see, this love that God loves us with, He doesn't expect us to muster up our own love to love other people with. He expects us to take the love that He loves us with and love other people. Because let me tell you what it's impossible to do. In your flesh, let me tell you, it's really, really hard to love people. In your flesh. You know why? Because your flesh is jealous. Your flesh is envious. Your flesh is bitter and angry and lustful. I mean, your flesh only thinks about itself. That's why you got to be careful of your emotions. Your emotions are part of your flesh. I mean, it will throw you all over the place. God didn't say love people with your flesh. God said love people with the love that I love you with. And we're out of time, but the last one is the gratitude of God's love. You know, we should be thankful. We should be thankful. We should be thankful for the love that God's loved us with. When things go wrong, we ought to be thankful. When things go right, we ought to be thankful. When things are up, we ought to be thankful. When things are down, we ought to be thankful. Do you know what it always seems like? Does it always seem like to you every time you look up, there's a rain cloud? No, I'm, not talking about, I'm not talking about in the sky. I'm talking about in life. It just seems like there's one thing after another, 
after another after another. And, and you save for contingencies. Anybody ever do that? You save for a contingency and you get a, you get a plan and you got this plan and you, and you have a, uh, this much money for a car, for, 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 for car repairs. Me and, me and Drew were just talking about that. You have this money you set aside for a car. So you see, so you, you, know, you almost pat yourself on the back. You're like, oh, I'm, I'm ahead. And you have one car repair and it's gone. You don't repair your car and it's $150, right? You repair your car and it's $1,550 usually. I mean, it's just higher and higher and higher. And all of a sudden, all that money, gone. And then you think to yourself, well, at least I got it fixed. (laughs) Yeah, you're funny. Does it feel like that sometimes? It feels like it's raining. Here here lately, isn't this true? Physically lately, at least in Rankin, it's like 167 degrees during the day. And like a hurricane at night. You notice that lately? I mean, it, at our house, I mean, it is just downpours. I mean, downpours. Don't cool off any, but it downpours. Next day, no worries. 104, 105, 108. And, and guess what? Good news. That's only the temperature. Then you add in the humidity. And I drive by these poor people that are, that are working out in the yard or who up on the roof roofing. Huh? I want to go get them some Gatorade and bring them some Gatorade. I'm thinking to myself, how in you'd have to pay me hazardous duty pay to be out in that heat. I mean, it is terrible. Doesn't it feel like that sometimes in life? When it gets that hot, it's hard to breathe. I don't know if you go outside and, boy, if you have any kind of breathing problems, man, it's hard to get a breath when it's that hot. Can't do nothing in the rain. We weeded, we weeded the beds and... And boy, I just got tired, so all the bed, all the weeds were out on the sidewalk, and, and uh, I, I told Anna, I said, we got to go out there in the ba- with a bag and, and get the bag. Well, Anna's never going to come home again. Uh, get the bag, and she's been working since she's been here. But um, get the bag and throw all these things away, and, and we just about get to the door. And I'm, t- and I'm talking about sprinkling. I'm talking about it downpoured. And Anna, Anna says, I, I, don't, I don't mind getting wet, and... And so she goes out there, and I mean lightning lit up the whole sky. She said, ah, and screamed and ran back in the house, and she was done. And stayed out there and got wet. I got it the next morning, right? But those things affect us in our lives. But guess what? No matter the rain rain cloud, no matter the storms, no matter the heat, no matter what's going on in your life, we can be thankful. We can be grateful. Because of the love of God. Heavenly Father, we're so thankful. We know that there are problems. We know that there are circumstances. We know that the devil is real. We know that he's on attack. We know that there are very real problems, and I'm not making light of those problems. There are very real problems that are in our lives. Sometimes it feels like there's constant rain cloud over top of us, and one thing happens after another, after another, after another. But in our worst of times, in our most difficult times, help us to be grateful for the love that you've shed abroad in our hearts. Remind us. Illuminate us. Help us to realize and to understand, thick and thin, up and down, mountain and valley, your love for us never changes. And we're so thankful for that.
Thank you that it's a gift. Thank you that you have gripped us so hard that we could never fall. We could never lose that salvation. And we're thankful for that today. Help us to be so thankful that we are givers of your love. Help us to love one another as a church. Help us to love one another as family units. Help us to love the world. Not the world as in the world system, but people. Because God loves people more than anything. Help us to be givers of your love in our lives. Dismiss us with your blessing. And give us a good week this week as we seek for opportunities to serve you, as we seek for opportunities to share the love of God with others. Bring us back this Wednesday morning at 9 for, for Scripture Assembly, those that can come as we assemble your word. Wednesday night as we continue through the Trinity at, at, uh, at our Wednesday night service and Bible study. And I pray, Lord, that you'd help us no matter where we are, no matter what we're doing. Help us to see through those clouds. Help us to, 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 to bear through that heat and keep our eyes focused on you because you control all things. You have things better for us. When it's a no and when we seem to be in the valley, you have a mountaintop waiting for us and blessings waiting be showered down upon us. And we are a grateful people. Dismiss us with your blessing and give us a good week. We'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Missions Committee over in Brother Dwayne's class.